We are Spry, a group of remote digital marketers who want you to succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Our curiosity drives us to constant learning, and that learning leads to constant teaching. So come along with us on the Spry Space podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and do it all wherever we want. Welcome to the Spry Space Podcast. I'm Lacey, and today I have the fabulous Mr. Seth with me. Hey, everyone. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Are you? I am. I love summer, so I'm always doing very well during the summer months. You can't see him, but his forehead's pretty pink. I'm burnt. Definitely. <laughs> I feel like Icarus. I flew just a little too close to the sun on yes, this one. So. It's a little crispy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this month, all month long, we've been talking about Instagram, okay, yes. leveling up your Instagram. Last week, we talked all about Instagram engagement, so outgoing engagement or presence management, and also presence management and engagement on our own content. This week, we are talking about Instagram advertising, and Rachel wrote this week's content, but of course, she is out on her sailboat, so <laughs> you're my Rachel stand-in today. Oh, that's so exciting. Let's start off with why. Why do we want to do Instagram advertising? Okay, so... We spent a lot of time last week talking about engagement, right? Basically, yeah. if you wanted to get more followers, you want to get more people commenting and engaging with your brand, sometimes it can take a lot of legwork. Yeah. There are a few different options of how you can get more followers and, and more people engaging with your content. If you have the time and the manpower, then you can be out doing those engagement practices. Right. If you don't, let's say you have quite a bit less time, you can do Instagram advertising and reach some of those same people who you would have found manually through your ads. That's one reason that you could do it, but also it's helping you reach this larger group of people who you haven't had access to before. Okay. As much as you create good content and get it posted on your Instagram feed, and as much as you go out and you comment and you find other people who you want to follow, you're never going to reach the size of audience that you're looking for, and you're never going to grow at the rate that you'd like to grow if you don't have some sort of advertising going on in your campaign, in your process. Very cool. Let's talk about how. Like okay. everyone's wondering, how do I do this? Is this something I can do or do I have to hire you to do it? How? Okay, so there's a few different ways that you can do it. In Rachel's blog, she put it really perfectly. <laughs> it's like, if you don't know, first of all, Instagram is owned by Facebook. They are really one entity. Yeah. And they really love to get your money. They're great at getting your money. So if you have a business Instagram account, so that's one important factor. If you just have a personal Instagram, you can't put advertising dollars behind it. Okay. And basically anybody could have a quote unquote business Instagram. Is yours a business or is yours a personal? Do you Mine know? is actually a business. Is it? Yeah. Because a lot of people, they choose, even if it's for your personal brand, I do this for my personal brand too. If you make it a business profile, then you can start to see analytics. You can see how many people are liking your content, engaging with your content, are following you, and you can see their demographics, right? right. Are they male? Are they female? What age are they? What location are they? Blah, 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 blah. Yep. So once you have switched your account to a business profile, every time that you load a photo into your grid, you'll notice this nice little blue button to the bottom right of your photo that says... Boost. 
promote. Oh, promote. So Dang close. It. It's okay. Well, I, don't, I don't know what it says. I just know the translation, which is Boost. give us money. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> from, right. From Facebook. Who owns Instagram? They're like, you can spend money by pushing this button. <laughs> yes. So on Facebook, they make that little button say boost. But right. on Instagram, they make that little button say promote. Promote. So you can hit that little blue promote button. And what it's going to do is it's going to walk you through a few different steps. The first step is where do you want to send people to? Okay. Because if you've ever seen an Instagram ad in your feed before, as you're scrolling through, you can see that it's an ad because it says sponsored underneath of their handle. Yep. And then there's often on the bottom a little colored bar that will flash and it'll either say visit Instagram profile or it will say visit website or shop now, something like that. It's actually one of the only ways on Instagram that you can have a link. Right. Okay. So right. None of your normal feed posts can have links attached to them. But if you do an ad on that ad, you can send people to your profile. You can send them to a website link and that's how you can get a, a link going. So the first thing you do is you choose an objective. And for me, eight times, nine times out of 10, I'm choosing the visit profile call to action because my goal for clients is to increase the number of followers that we're getting. And so when it says visit Instagram profile, what that does is it increases the conversion rate from that person viewing your content to them seeing your profile. And when they go and see your profile for the first time, there's another little blue button. That one says follow. Yes, it does. (laughs) Good job. I click that button a lot. I'm like, oh, follow you. Uh So that's the idea. If, for instance, though, you're trying to like sell products on your website, you might end up putting a website link. However, I'll say that people's Instagram behavior is much more geared towards getting them to follow your profile on Instagram than it is getting them to click on a link and buy something as they're scrolling through their feed. Right. Just because people's behavior patterns on Instagram really aren't like, oh, yes, I'm going to click on this and I'm going to go shop for this. The only time that that might be untrue is perhaps if you are maybe more of a fashion brand or that kind of thing where people are doing their research on Instagram for the things that they're going to buy. Right. If you're a restaurant, it's unlikely that you're going to end up putting visit website in your sponsored ad. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you picked an objective. After you pick an objective, you move on to pick an audience. Okay, Okay. first thing, it has just an automatic audience and it (laughs) makes that your default. Yeah. Do you have any idea how they select that automatic audience? I honestly don't. I have never looked into the algorithm. So they select the automatic audience based on where you are physically located and your current set of followers. So it basically takes whoever your current followers are and tries to create an age gender ratio that best matches the people who are already following you. Okay. But like, that's so lazy. That is. Like, like how could you ever trust the person taking your money to tell you who they're going to serve your content to? Right. Yeah. So instead, you really should be creating individual audiences for who that content should be going to. How might you know, Seth, what to put in those advertising audiences? It would depend on who you're actually trying to sell to. You want to go to your target demographic. And so you should probably review your personas. Boom! I know know we go to that all the freaking time, but that's honestly true. You go back to your persona and you figure out, who am I trying to target with this? And you start there. Exactly. So 
big nod back to personas. We do talk about it all the time, but that's because we can't say enough that social media is social and social means human to human. Yes. Okay. And so we have to identify even before we created that piece of content, which human it is supposed to go towards. And then we advertise it to that human. So you might have a few different personas. So you have in mind when you're creating that piece of content, this is going to persona one, which maybe is Susie Stanley. (laughs) (laughs) Susie Stanley, a 35-year-old woman who's interested in hiking and trail mix. Yeah. You know, you should have a few audiences created ahead of time, which are based on your personas and that will always live there so that it expedites your process, right? You hit that little blue button that says promote. You pick your objective Mm -hmm. and then you get to the audience and your audiences should already be sitting there. After that, you pick your budget. How much money do you need to spend on these ads? Well, I was actually just going to ask you that. (laughs) How much money should I spend on these ads? Do you need to spend like $50 every time you put an ad out? I'm going to say probably not. I mean, unless you have an unlimited budget, but most people do not. Right. So what do you recommend? So I recommend about $10 per post for a promotion, okay? So what that often looks like is like $5 a day for two days. That's a good experiment, okay? Okay. Rachel talks about an example in her blog post about one of her clients who had just barely started an Instagram. Sometimes when you're just starting, it's a real grind to move from, you know, zero followers to 50 to 100. It's a grind to start a new account. And she said originally she was only getting like five to 10 engagements per post. And that's so tough to even say, you know, why am I spending any money creating this good content if it's not getting really good quality engagement? Right. So she said she just started experimenting, putting $10 behind each post. And now she's getting between 80 and 100 engagements per post. Okay. What's neat about it, too, is these are brand new people engaging with your content. Jessica told us this idea, which I really loved, which is put content out and you get 80 to 100 new people engaging Mm -hmm. with your content. So then what you can do is you can click and see who are the people that liked the post. You can click on their profile. We're always going to advocate for being more human and present on the profile. So it's like, okay, yes, you spent that money and that got you out to this wider audience easily. Mm -hmm. But what can you do with that? Last week, (laughs) you go to your presence management stuff and you go out and you seek out these people. So you look at the people who like your content, you go to their profile, you start looking through the stuff that they're posting to determine, is this really a potential customer for me? Or, you know, is this maybe a little bit more of a spammy account, etc. Right. You can then engage with their content if there's something that's relevant to you. Let's say that you are, you know, a a natural deodorant company because you're going after Susie Stanley, who is 35, loves hiking and trail mix. Mm -hmm. And so you look through their posts, you find anything that's from hiking you start talking to them on those posts, the posts that are most relevant to your brand. But do you sell in those comments? No, you don't. You be a human. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) You win the game today. Yes. (laughs) Did I answer that? Okay. Your budget, $10. You can go up five likes a post, up to 80 likes a post in that amount of time. Yeah. So when you're putting like $10 behind a post, are you using (laughs) that time to judge your content like do you ever step back and say well this post only got five likes and then tweak it and see if you can get 15 likes on the next one is that something you do or are you just basically at the mercy of the algorithms and you just assume that 
Instagram is letting you down if you only get five likes on a post? How do you address that kind of a thing? I have problems. And so I don't think I'm at the mercy of anything. (laughs) So I always think I have the control and power to make change. (laughs) No algorithm is too big for me to conquer. That's That's how I feel. so good. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely, every time when we're doing content planning, we often at Spry will do kind of like little mini writing sessions every two weeks or so. And at the beginning of those writing sessions, we look at the past couple of weeks of posts, right? Yeah. So we look and we see which posts performed well, which ones performed less well, keeping in mind variables like how much was the budget on this ad versus this ad? Did one of these quote graphics, this is one thing that I saw recently on a client is every other post on Instagram, we do this kind of quote graphic. Mm -hmm. And one of them did much more poorly than the rest of them historically do. Oh. And I think it's because they're mostly inspirational quotes written by male authors because it's a male who is the persona that we are going after and who is the supposed author, the client of the male as well. So they are often quotes that are just really good, inspiring male quotes. And the one that I picked that did poorly, it talked about something like perfection in your work. It was like perfect focus gives perfect outcome or something. It got less than half the engagement that my normal ones do. The normal ones are things like, you know, try not to be a man of success, try to be a man of value. So the difference in the male being the focus and then the work, I even think the word perfect probably that scares me away it does, you know? it does. It? yeah so that tells me about their audience yeah. right so their audience doesn't want to be told how to be perfect right okay on instagram that's not the kind of inspiration that they're looking for right and so that helps me tweak for the next time how am i going to alter that in a way that's going to respond better because what you asked is a perfect question it's true there are some post types that will totally flop and i will never do one like that again On the other hand, there will be some that do really well. For instance, we did one for that same person. It's a mortgage broker. Mm -hmm. We did one about what restaurants have you been going out to? And it had a photo of food from one of the local restaurants. And we just asked, you know, have you been back out to restaurants? How has it been so far? And that post did much (laughs) better than most of their posts. So then I create a whole campaign around that idea because I can see that people responded well to that. Right. So what you'll find on Instagram when you're trying to create an Instagram audience is that you do not have the ability to make it quite as detailed as you do on Facebook. Okay. I'm not sure why this is. It bothers me because, you know, they're owned by the same company and we're pulling from kind of the same data profiles because Facebook owns Instagram. So it really bugs me that you can't be quite as detailed. For instance, on Facebook, you can do something called narrowing your audience, which basically means you can create your age, your location, your gender. And then when you get to the interests or behaviors section, Mm -hmm. you can identify that they have to have this interest and this interest. Ah, Okay. Yeah. Whereas on Instagram, you can do a list of interests and it just will do this or this or this or this. So it makes the audience larger and less defined, Right. which bothers me a little bit. So you have to try to be very focused on how you create those audiences based off your personas to make sure that they don't end up being too broad. And if you notice that the engagement that you're getting is 
and then you go back and look at the people who engage with your content and you see that they're not looking like your target demographic, then you probably need to do some refining right. in your audience in order to actually be reaching an audience that's going to do you well. Okay. I do want to kind of address here at the end that Instagram advertising is a piece of your overall Instagram strategy, but I want to push hard back to Amber's week of engagement and presence management on Instagram, because that is still really the number one way for you to get good community built on Instagram Yeah, is doing that manual work of going out, finding people, engaging with their content. Have you ever had to go to networking meetings, like business networking meetings? I have a few. When you start a business, you have to kind of start with that kind of grind where you go to, you know, your chamber and you go to, you know, all these business groups and whatnot. And it's almost like the difference between going and being present at those groups and contributing to them and buying a banner that's hung. Right in that restaurant. I I know I'm not doing it justice. I'm not doing the metaphor justice. Similar to that, it's like a difference between buying a seat at a conference where you can mingle with everyone and buying a ticket to be the speaker at the conference where you don't have to mingle with everyone, but everyone hears your message. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So you can actually get your message out to a very wide audience if you just are the speaker, right? Right. But you can actually make human-to-human interactions if you're mingling through the crowd. Right. And if you're doing both, that's where you can have some magic, right? So I would really like to push anybody who's working hard to level up their Instagram that, yes, you should definitely add some advertising, even if your budget is $50 a month that you're adding and you're boosting one post a week. You're going to grow with that, but it should be partnered and coupled with a solid engagement and presence management strategy if you're going to make the most of the work that you're putting in. For sure. Instagram versus Facebook, the difference in the people that are actually on the platforms themselves, because we know that Facebook is now starting to be the older generation that are used to being sold to and appreciate ads. I feel like on Instagram, the younger generation, our generation, we require that interaction with us. We don't want to just see a billboard. We want someone to come up and tell us why they're the best, stuff like that. So is this something you experience with your Instagram audiences versus your Facebook audience? Oh my gosh, the differences. Instagram versus Facebook, they're getting wider and wider and wider, in my opinion. On Instagram, people do. They want that person-to-person interaction because Instagram, at least in most of the circles that I'm still a part of on Instagram, they're safe, okay? It's like a safe, positive, inspiring place. And my opinion as to why is because most of the contentious dialogue happens in DMs. So it happens in a private space, not a public space most Mm -hmm. of the time. And so it is this kind of safer space where people are looking to be connected with. Right. You know, on Facebook, there's way more privacy that people put on because they share a little bit more intimate details and it's heavy dialogue focused. And so people are constantly talking about what type of topics? Everything. (laughs) And at this time of year? COVID. Everyone is talking about politics and politics and social justice. You know, it's good to be having those conversations and it's good that those conversations are happening, but they can be obviously divisive. And so on Instagram, just kind of safer space to be able to talk about the things that are important to you 
and be, you know, in contact with brands who are close to you. Yeah. Your ultimate first question was, do you think that this younger audience really does a lot better with that person to person engagement? And I say, absolutely. Yes. And a lot of that can be happening through direct messages, Yeah. which on Facebook, the amount of time that you're actually in a private inbox with somebody is really minimal. Yeah. Whereas with Instagram and with Instagram stories and that kind of thing, you can have this really nice engagement on a direct message level that you never would have gotten on different platforms. Okay. Good? Yeah, very good. So it comes back to know your persona. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Be a human. Be a human. Okay, so at the end of every Surprise Face podcast episode, we like to talk about where we've been working. We are an all-remote team at Spry, and so sometimes we work in interesting places. Seth, you haven't been working anywhere interesting lately. I have not. I have been staying home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and his tags expired in February, so that's why he's been staying home. Yeah. (laughs) COVID. (laughs) You're going to take care of it on Friday. Taking care of it on Friday. That's what I like to hear. Yep. I had someplace interesting Where? that I've been working that I'd love to share. I took two days off last week in the middle of the week, like a Wednesday, what? Thursday. Yes. <laughs> a Wednesday, Thursday, I took off and I headed up to the Hood Canal area Ooh. up in what what would you call that? Western Washington, kind of Midwestern Washington. Yeah, probably Midwestern. I spent two days at a little house, a relative's house up there, and the water was so beautiful. I went out on the canoe, Ooh. and I canoed across the canal and back, which Fantastic. is pretty far. It is. It took about an hour. Wow. Canoed across and back, saw a little seal, <gasps> took its little head up next to me. It was so cool. <laughs> but I spent some time up there, and I turned on my hotspot. Just got a little bit of work done. I didn't have to do much, but I did about two hours of work with my hotspot turned on, did a Facebook Live with the canal in the background. Nice. And it was great. That's so cool. Did you collect any like fresh shellfish or anything like that? Because the beaches up there are all just packed. Oh with... my God, they are. They're so packed. Yeah. When we got there that night, the tide was high. Mm-hmm. And so the water was almost to the rocks. When we went out with the canoe later, the tide was out and you could see all these shells. I mean, uh, I'm talking, it was like covered yes. in shells. Yep. I didn't dig for any. I've actually mm-hmm. never dug for them. Do you ever dig for shellfish? All the time. Really? I love digging clams. I love collecting oysters, shucking them there on the beach because it's the law. <laughs> Getting crab, all of that. I just love that area for the shellfish. So. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me today. Anytime. If you loved this content and you want to hear more from us, where can you find us, Seth? Everywhere, except for maybe like a billboard on the side of the freeway, not our brand. No. But they can find us anywhere online at ThinkSpry, our website, ThinkSpry.com. And we're doing monthly webinars that we would love to invite you to, good little hour-long chunks that basically take all of the content that we work on over the month, put it together into a one-hour class and present that. So take a look out for that. And then, of course, we always will invite you to our Spryspace Facebook group. It's all for people who manage social media accounts who need some troubleshooting, some brainstorming, or just a little bit of support. Yeah. We will hope to see you there. Thank you so much, Seth. And thank you, everybody who's listening. And we hope you have a wonderful day and that you keep learning. Yep. Bye. Bye.